Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on justification. Uh, Hey, Finn, can you throw up the uh, ABC graphic for me? Yes. All right. Tonight, we're talking about justification, and we have a graphic for that in just a second. But hold on. I don't want to talk over everyone. I'll wait for conversations to uh, simmer down. That's a nice way of me saying, shh. Awesome. Just in time. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's the person behind you, Matt. Uh, Okay, so just a reminder, um, we are going to do a – the giveaway at the end of the year, all you uh, leaving seniors, sorry, but but just a reminder that we're going to pull you in one by one, and if you can spout these off um, and some object lessons that we did for those, then you're going to go in uh, for a small prize immediately. You'll get a small prize immediately, and I, I think I pretty much nailed down that the, the one that we draw will get some AirPod Pro Maxes. Uh, my sister got some the other day, and she said they're incredible, so I'm going to get some too. <laughs> AirPod Pro Max is apparently the over-the-ear ones. Apparently, they slap. So, yeah, but anyways, that's, that's going to happen in November, and then we'll give it to you probably at the Christmas party. Okay? It'll be a good Christmas. So, um, if you're asking for those for Christmas, you may just get them for free. All right. So tonight, let's throw up throw up that graphic for me. We're gonna talk about justified, justified. Yeah, justified justification. Tomato, tomato. Well, justification's fine. Justified justification. I, uh, where's Brent at? Brent. Oh, in the back. Brenna, what font is that? Do you know? I think I know, but I don't want to be wrong. Oh, well, you would be the only one that would know. I don't know why I just grabbed this. That's Nora's. Okay. So let's talk about I'm, – I'm going to use the word justification just for tonight just because that's where we're um, – that's a lot of the words. That word is used a lot. Actually, justified is too. So anyways, whatever, tomato, tomato. So – how many of you guys uh, know what justification means? <laughs> How many of you guys have no idea what justification means? I mean, okay. okay Usually okay. it's one or the other, um, and only like four of you raised your hand for either one. So um, I'll just go out on a limb and say we don't know what justified or justification means. Uh, we sing it a lot, you know, and we say it a lot. Uh, we sang it this Sunday, right, Elias? The one you led. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's arm. Does anybody want I'm in time? Just find me. Anyways. Um, oh, should we have a pointer with Paul really quick? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll talk to those people individually, Ben. Where you at? I don't know where Ben is. But he left. You want a marriage tip? Do you guys want marriage or dating tips? Okay. All right. So here's what. Oh. Okay. So this uh, here's a tip for the girls. Okay. Um. Here's a, here's a tip for the girls. Here's a pointer from Paul for the girls, and then I'll give one for the guys. Um, girls, if you have to plan everything for um, your relationship, like every date, uh, where you're going, what you're doing, if, if he's not planning anything and, and, you're, and you're not married yet, just back up because here's the pointer for guys. Girls love it when you show initiative 
and you do something and you put a foot forward and you make a plan and do something. So, so girls, ladies, I will say this. You're worth being pursued and guys, buck up and do something. Plan something. Show some initiative. Uh, once you have the, the good to go from your parents to date, then do and there yeah from y'all's parents. It's a little late. Hint, you want hints from Hannah? Yo, yeah, I'm just saying, guys, you have to do something. Like, I'm just saying, if he if he's doing nothing, like, it should be 50-50. That would be a great thing. Okay? So that's my pointer from Paul. All right. I've got 30 minutes to get through this. So here's what I need you to do. Take your hand. Go across your waist. Say, buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Justification. All right, so this is the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. Okay, the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. In the sight of God. So justification is you coming into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we're going to unpack that for a little bit. Okay, because um, some of us may not know. Like even then, okay, what does that mean? So we're going to go somewhere. I'm going to just blast you with some scripture really quick the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of god um if i'm moving too fast your boy isaac bean does put these up on every podcast streaming platform so you can go back and listen at uh three quarter speed and you can get it all all right or half speed i usually go two times speed so i can zip through them and get all of it um Anyways, all right, so we're going to go through Romans, a section of Romans 3, and then a section of Romans 4, and then a section of Romans 5. We're just going to hit all the Romans. Actually, not all the Romans, just a section. Okay, here we go. But now, apart from the law, oh, yeah, this is important. This is, this is where you want to bring your ears up. But now, this is Romans 3, 21 through 31. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. Say, apart from the law. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. But it is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation for his in his blood through faith. Okay? This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in God's merciful restraint he let the sins previously committed go unpunished for the demonstration that is of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one uh, who has faith in Jesus. So basically it's saying um, God was not exacting judgment but in his mercy he was withholding judgment for a certain amount of time. You with me? Okay, I'll try that again. You with me? Yes. Cool. All right, verse 27. Where then is boasting? It has been excluded. Psh, so good. But what kind of law? By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. Say faith. 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 Say faith. faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since indeed God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith is one. Do we then nullify the law through faith? Far from it. On the contrary, we establish the law. Okay? You guys a little confused? You with me? Okay, we're going to unpack this in just a little bit. We're going to go to Romans 4. Okay? We're just going to keep tracking right along. Um, so essentially what's happening is Romans 3 is talking about um, how we're justified. Romans 4 is talking about how Abraham was justified in the past. Romans 5 is talking about what happens now that we are justified. Okay? So just when you're reading these, okay, how we're justified, how it was done in the past. Oh my Lord, that was so loud. Was that you? 
Dear Lord, bless you. That was crazy. That's not like, that's not me getting on. Like, I was just taken aback. That was wild. Okay. Romans 4, 1 through 5. Romans 4, 1 through 5. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Okay, so it's saying, okay, if Abraham was justified by works, then he would have something to boast about. But let's look at and see what scripture says about it. This is, quote, then the Torah. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So even it, we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But to the one who works, the wages are not credited as favor, but as what is due. Okay, so, uh, okay, so essentially what it's saying here is even in the Old Testament where we had the law, when I'm talking about the law, I'm talking about like uh, the Mosaic law, like the Ten Commandments, like thou shall not, thou shall not, like upholding the law, okay? We've all fallen short of the law. That's what it just said in Romans 3, right? We've all missed the mark. Um, so it's saying even when we were living under the law, when I say we, I mean the people of old, a.k.a. Abraham, even him living under the law, he wasn't justified by still doing the law. He was justified by his faith. We good? Cool. All right. Um, anyways, you with me? Cool. Let's go to Romans 5. We're just going to shotgun blast this really quick. Romans 5, 6 through 11. Romans 5, 6 through 11. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous person, though perhaps for the good person someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, say by his blood, by his blood. we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Okay, that's a lot, but we're going to unpack it a little bit. Because here's the thing, it's a, um, I say it's a simple concept, I don't know if, but there's a lot of, not like spiritual jargon that's in there, but there's a lot of justified through this by the faith. There's a lot of prepositional phrases, yeah. right? And it can get very confusing, especially with like independent clause and dependent clauses and this affects this and okay, why? Like, so we're just gonna break it down into the simplest form, okay? And hopefully unpack what it means to be justified and what I think is the biggest deterrent from us actually walking in that, okay? So justified is the act of being the righteousness of God, okay? Being close to God, being reconciled to God. That's what justified means, okay? Um, this is what I love. Um, I, mean, there, I don't think it's a TikTok. I don't know, but um, do you guys seen The Chosen? Okay, so there's this, there's this part in The Chosen. I haven't seen this episode, but there's a part where – um, a Pharisee or Sadducee, I, I don't know exactly which one, but never mind. Uh, they're talking to Jesus, and he says, um, this man doesn't uphold the law of Moses. And then he says, I am the law of Moses, uh, which is – but what's so funny is, like, they have this TikTok. They said, if The Chosen was a 2008 Michael Bay movie, um, and they put, like, the Transformers music in the background – um, I think it's like of the first one. It's like what I've done. Like you know what I'm talking. Have you seen the movie that I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, and so it's like it's like the music's like swelling. And he's like he breaks the law of Moses, and then it kind of breaks. And he goes, I am the law of Moses. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that goes hard. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll if if I can find it, uh, just that little clip. I'll send it in the group me later because I don't know. We haven't seen that episode. No, because here's the thing. We haven't watched all of season one. Yeah, Chloe and I are way behind. 
Are, are we even are we are we even justified? Probably not. Just kidding. Um, all right. So, th- but that's what I love is that um, Jesus says, "I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it." So, this is what's really cool is that some people would live in lawlessness. Say lawlessness. Lawlessness. lawlessness with the perception that now that we're in the new covenant that all things are permissible. And yes, all things are permissible, but it's through the lens of the freedom that we get with Jesus, okay? So there's a difference between walking in freedom and walking in lawlessness. Lawlessness means that there's no um, ability to even be justified, right? Because if we're justified by fulfilling the law, then if the law goes away, there's no ability for us to be justified. So this is what I love. Let's go through here. It is the righteousness of God through the faith in Jesus for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, we've all missed the mark. We've all not fulfilled the law. Okay, so where then is boasting? It has been excluded by what kind of work? Of law? No, but by the law of faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Okay, so let's go to here. Having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Okay. Um, so here, here's what is interesting is we talked last week about like the great exchange. Remember that? Yes. Uh, maybe was it last week? Okay. I don't know. It was, it was sometime we were talking about the great exchange. Okay, great. So here's another great exchange. This is probably the greatest exchange of all. So, uh, just coming off, off of the heels of Easter of Easter's, um, where we've talked about, and we know this. That when Jesus is on the cross, he's bearing our sin and shame, right? Every ounce of our sin, every ounce of our inability to meet the requirements of the law, right? He's bearing all of that, okay? Sometimes people just stop there, okay? And that's all good and well, but here's what actually happened. Um, So take that. So um, some people think – so if this Apple Watch that I just gave to Chloe – represents my sin and shame, and I'm Jesus, okay? Um, And then I take the sin and shame. Some people just think like, okay, that's it. But here's what happens. Sin and shame, righteousness of God. This is what happens. Okay, you with me? Okay, so that's the great exchange. It's it's not just, hey, he took all my sin and shame. It's, hey, he took all my sin and shame, and in doing so, he reconciled us back to God through the finished work that he achieved at the cross, okay? Right, right. So this is what's so cool. This is what it says in the Passion. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless, not lawless, flawless in his eyes. I'll say it again. Our faith in Jesus, say faith faith in Jesus, transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes, okay? So... Bless you. The guilt. (laughs) Something has bloomed. And it is from Hades. Okay. What would you say? Oh, I actually don't feel it either. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. But I'm saying that. But then at the same time, I feel like my throat is getting itchy as I'm speaking. So tomorrow I'm like, guys, something happened. It's going to be terrible. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm going to be fine. Look at this. <laughs> clear, clear airways, guys. Can't hear you, Peach. So we're going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, have you guys not seen Finding Nemo? Okay, I say that, look, I say that so many times. Like, when, if you're saying something, I can't hear you. I'm saying, can't hear you, Peach. We got a live one. Can't hear you, Peach. We got a live one. That's, yeah, the starfish, peach. Anyways, that's, that's beside the point. Okay, so here's what I want you to write down. Three things, and then we're going to keep going. We're going to dive into this. What stayed at the cross, okay, what stayed at the cross, or what maintained through the cross, okay, we'll start there. Uh, second one, what changed at the cross, 
And the last one, what ended at the cross. Uh, while you're writing those down, what came through the cross, what changed at the cross, and what ended at the cross. As you're writing those down, this is a really important distinction to make with everything in Scripture. When you're comparing Old Testament to New Testament, not everything passed through the cross un like unimpeded. And likewise, not everything was changed because of the cross. And that seems heresy, but you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, so what went through the cross unimpeded, what changed at the cross, and what ended at the cross. Three huge distinctions that we need to make about things in scripture. Okay, so here's some examples. Uh, what stayed the same at the cross, Davidic worship. Okay, um, so this is like worship with instruments, basically what we did tonight. So yes, David, like being like from David. Huh? What stayed, what maintained, even through the cross, like this doesn't change from Old Testament to New Testament. Um, Davidic worship. So this is the worship with instruments, with singing, all that sort of stuff. This stuff, nothing, that didn't change when we went through the cross, okay? Um, what, what changed the cross? Uh, interestingly enough, the Sabbath. So originally in the law, God said, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, okay? You're not supposed to work on this day. What got introduced at the cross is not a day of Sabbath, but a life of Sabbath, where you're living in the rest of God. This is where we operate as sons and daughters, where we work from rest, not working to one day of rest, and then we're back at the grindstone working, because that's what the Old Testament was about, was just working, working, trying to fulfill the law, trying to, in our own efforts, maintain this. So, but then we got to rest on this day. But now, because of what Jesus has done, we live a life of Sabbath, right? Now, I do think it's still wise to take a Sabbath and not do anything. Uh, you don't just want to work, work yourself ragged. Uh, that's just wisdom. So, yeah, <laughs> our Sabbaths will never be on Sundays. Um, this, is, this is what I was telling someone the other day. Uh, my Sundays are people's Mondays. My Mondays are people's Tuesdays. And my, my Fridays are people's Saturdays. So my whole, whole thing shifts. So uh, I go into work Monday morning at 7. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess that's, that's when we're leaving. Uh, well, that's when most people get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so now we live a life of Sabbath. Um, all right, and so what ended at the cross is where we're going tonight. The justification through works. Okay, justification through works. Um, also, the blood sacrifice for sin, right? So Jesus was the spotless lamb, and he did away with all sacrifices. Um, before this point, everyone was making a sacrifice at least once a year to atone for their sins, just basically to uh, postpone the judgment of God. Because here's the thing, in the Old Testament, no one could ever fulfill the law. No one could do it. And so what they would do is they would make a sacrifice once a year on the day of atonement and what it would do is it would postpone the day of judgment another year so everyone was making these sacrifices but it only lasted one year so then what happened with jesus is when he came on he's the spotless lamb and so what he did is he fulfilled every requirement of the blood sacrifice one time and it was null and void after that we're never doing a blood sacrifice again because he took the entire weight of sin and shame for the entire world of all of humanity in one fell swoop okay yeah uh, i mean <laughs> yeah anyways um so which is which is why it's it's so important that we view when jesus went and flipped the tables like y you have to understand like what this is portraying because right now like we've never lived in in an era where we have to make blood sacrifices for atonement to put off our sins on someone else or something else. We've always lived in the finished work of Jesus, right? For 2,000 some odd, actually not 2,000, I guess, 1,990, whatever. For some time we've lived in this, but there were people who had to, on the Day of Atonement, make these sacrifices once a year, and so um, they're doing this inside the temple, and they're buying and selling doves. It's not just like, hey, buy this clay pot. What they're doing is they're selling doves at a high price because they know that people need to buy it, so they're making a profit off of people trying to atone for their sins. 
And so that's why Jesus was so frustrated with it. He's like, this should be just a free gift, and then flips the table. So it wasn't just like, you're selling stuff in the church. He doesn't care. What he cares about, gatekeeping sanctification. That's what he cares about. And so when we, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but when we set a precedent of what it takes to fulfill, like, sanctity and like righteousness of God, we tell people, hey, these are hoops that you have to jump through. We're just the same people that he's flipping the tables over. We're making other doors for them to have to walk through where Jesus already said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the, I'm the only door. And when we put other doors of what we think you have to do these three steps before you can actually really be clean, shut up. Like that, that's not – that's not a thing. And what you end up doing is you gatekeep the righteousness of God, and Jesus is ticked about it, and he's going to flip your tables. So anyways, that's a side note. But So don't do it, okay? It's obnoxious, okay? So um, here's where we're going. Justification um, is no longer divvied out by our ability to uphold the law, okay? This is what changed at the cross. Um, justification is no longer divvied out by our ability to uphold the law. AKA do all the right things for God. How many guys have ever found yourself doing that? Kind of spinning all the plates, going to God. Sorry, I didn't do this. Seriously? Just me? And Hannah? All right. I didn't, I did this bad. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess, okay. We've all done that. I don't know why we do this because this has never been a mode of operation for the last 1900 years. It's not even a thing. So, um, so justification is no longer divvied out by our ability to uphold the law, but it changed to our faith in Jesus. So when we try and mm, – okay, so here's the thing. When we try and do good things with the attempt for God to like us more or show us, show us more favor, he's like, that's not even the metric that I'm using. Like that's, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, so here's what I need. Uh, I need two people to volunteer. Um, okay, you? You? All right. You two come up. Okay. Here's what I need you to do. <clears throat> Give him a round of applause. Um, I need you to jump as high as you can. One at a time. See if you can hit this. Oh, nice. All right. See if you can hit this. Yeah. Okay, go again. Don't look up. Yeah. Just, hey, and do this. It'll help you fly. <laughs> wow. Okay, all right, stay put. All right, come here. Jump. One more time. Oh, sorry. All right, sorry, bud. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great job. All right, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. All right. So um, some of you missed the mark, okay? Some of you did not hit it. Um, what if I told you that your ability to not jump makes you a sucky painter? What would you say to that? What? You'd say what? Say it again. I would say you're dumb. You would say you're dumb. Okay. So, okay, what if I said... Um, that's how we live our life because we're over here like doing works. We're over here jumping and we're saying, God, justify me, make me righteous. And he's like, you're doing an action that what you think it's going to produce isn't even the metric that I'm judging you by. Like you think that doing all this stuff is going to result in justification. But, and so if we think of like painting as justification, like, that's how polar opposite it is. And we're so programmed to think that the higher we jump, the more things we do right, the more easy it is to be justified or to be like a good painter. Does that make sense? And so th this is, it's a terrible paradigm for us to live in because it makes, when you break it down like that, it makes no sense. Like, like what in the, Spencer, come here. No, I just want to see how high you can jump. Is your name Spencer? All right. Here's what I want you to try and do. I want you to try and hit your head on that. 
Do it again. Sit down. Elias, come here. Do you need to get healed? The words have power. Breaking my building. Wow, you're such a good painter. That's disgusting. Do you see how dumb that is? Not how high he jumps. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you see how dumb they look? <laughs> but seriously, what if I said, hey, you're designed to be a good painter, and then every single person just started, like, jumping? Like, like what are you doing? Like, like, you're supposed to be painting. Like, why are you jumping? And so God is literally saying, like, I just... I literally just see, like, God up in heaven being like, you know that uh, Jackie Chan no. meme? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like, like we're, we're all down here trying to do works and try and do good things so that he notices. And he's just like, dude, like, all it takes is just put your faith in what Jesus has already done, and then you're justified. Like, yeah. why? Men. Like, why, why in the world are, are we still doing that? So here's the thing. You want to know why I know we still think it's done by our works? Because um, I've talked to you guys, and you've said, I've really messed up. I don't know if I can do this anymore. So if that's what you think, then it's like the antithesis of that. So you believe that if you're doing well, it justifies you to operate in a place where you were designed to and you're created to anyways. And so when you miss the mark of the law, it disqualifies you and unjustifies you, right? So, but if our justification is based off the finished work and our faith in Jesus, then our works have nothing to do with it. Not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah. And so, but this is the conundrum is because if we're going to, live in that realm it really pisses off religious people and i'll tell you why because religious people want you they're they're the they're they're the gatekeepers they're the ones selling the doves religious minded people are the ones that are saying hey you have to do these things right like you can't lead worship after you got high last night like is it wise probably not but does it unjustify you absolutely not and so there's nothing you can do that's going to take away your justification. The only thing that you're justified by is your belief and your faith in what Jesus has done. Okay, so I, I need you to get this out of your head of this, I got to go through the five steps of shame because I looked at porn last night. Like, no, like this doesn't unjustify you because of what you've done. So um, I've got five minutes. I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. Um, I'm going to get uh, up close and personal. Jaden, can you do me a favor? Can you get me a little cup of water while you're over there? Um, okay. I'm going to grab this seat. <clears throat> I am... I, I can remember... Thanks, bud. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Okay. I can remember... Oh, it's back! <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have gotten rid of this. Suck it, Nisi. All right, it's staying. Um, <laughs> Nisi got really sassy with me a couple weeks ago because I've been trying – this thing needs to go to community chest. And I was like, man, I've been trying to take that to community chest. And she goes, well, I can walk you across the street if you need to. I just gave her one of these. I won't show you what it – but I literally was like – anyways, here it is. Here it is. This, this chair I bought for my first apartment. We sat on these chairs eating spaghetti, and then we broke up like two hours later. <laughs> um, it, it was this – no, so here, here's what I want to talk about. I can remember being um, a student in youth ministry and listening to – Joshua Butcher, 
Um, this guy was so cool, at least yeah. to the guys. Um, he, he, was, he was just a guy's guy. But, but I, I can remember thinking, wow, this guy, like, has had it all together. Like, this guy is, like, the pinnacle of, like, holiness or whatever. And I'm in no way saying that I'm the pinnacle of holiness. But I, I, can, I can remember sitting there thinking, I can't, like, empathize with this dude. So here's what I want to do. I just want to break down some walls. Um. And kind of tell you a little little bit of my story. Okay, some of some of you guys know this, some of you don't know this, um, and then we'll we'll get going. We're gonna go like five minutes over. Is that okay for you guys? Yeah. Okay. So some of you guys know that before two thousand and nine, uh, it was it was March. Technically, it was March 29th, two thousand nine, around like nine thirty p.m. That I had this. I don't either. March 29th, around 9.30. Cool. Uh, it was be- technically mine, too, because I had this head-on collision with the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life that I was aware of. And then my life was just radically changed from that point on. So uh, let's go on this side of March 29th, 2009 for just a second. Um, so raised in a Christian home ish you know i mean yes we went to church and my mom was over the children's ministry at this big church and all this sort of stuff um and uh i was the donkey in the christmas play and i always said you can ride on my back mary Um, that's where my uh thespian roots came from anyways uh so I, i was living in memphis for about 12 years and in sixth grade I remember my sister told me the story about her friend. We're going to go super deep, super quick. So just (coughs) – I remember my sister telling me a story about her friend when I was in sixth grade, uh, I guess. So he was in eighth grade that he started, like, cutting himself. And this is the first thing I ever heard about it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that's about. And then I can remember just on a Monday morning being like, let's just see how that feels. And I remember, like, right here going, like, all right, I'm just going to start just cutting myself and see what happens. Um, lo and behold, that opened up a door to uh, depression and suicide attempts. And so for the next three years, give or take a few months, um, I'm actively like trying to kill myself, right? Because I, I haven't met the Holy Spirit like I knew of, of a God like further off in the future. But, um, but for the next three years, I'm – trying to cut my wrist, take pills, hang myself in the closet, like all the things, all because it's not that I didn't come from great parents in a great home. Like my home was great. I, like it, it wasn't a dysfunctional home. It, I wasn't being abused. I made good grades. I moved here and I had friends or whatever, but the, the enemy of your soul like doesn't care. Like, you don't have to have a bad home life to be um, had this onslaught of depression and suicide or anything. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy everyone, and I just so happened to open the door to it and didn't have any good gatekeepers to see what was happening in my life. So my parents found out about this. Well, I, I went to them one night because um, I, I almost succeeded, but I, it freaked me out. So I went to her, to, to my parents at like midnight, woke them up, and they're like, okay, well, we got to get you into therapy. So I was like, okay, great. What's that going to do? I'm not advocating against therapy, but it just didn't do anything for me because I didn't, I didn't need therapy. I just needed to meet the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying the two are mutually exclusive. I believe you can have spirit-led counseling and therapy, and the Holy Spirit can show himself, but I just needed an encounter was all I needed, and I didn't know what I needed, but I just remember, like, going through these things almost autonomously, being like, I don't know why I'm here, but, I mean, I'm here, I'm checking the list, and here, here I am, um, and so that, that proceeded, oh, all the while, I'm, like, watching porn every day, like, and it's not even that, like, I, I was convicted about it, because I didn't have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's, like, conviction, 
wasn't even a thing for me until I was 15 years old. Like I never felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit until I was 15 years old because I didn't have a relationship to hear his voice. And so I was just doing this, like watching porn every day because I just thought, hey, that's just what you do. Um, and so happens at 15, I have this radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I, I just remember as plain as day, and I've told you this before, um, like I looked up on this, I went to this thing called Shabbat, and there's this youth conference. I don't know why I went to this youth conference because I like technically didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And I was just like, I mean, I guess I'll just go. I guess I was playing in a band, and our we went to this youth group just because so we could play shows um, at their their youth group. It was a venue, but um, anyways, I can remember hearing the Holy Spirit say just so plain as like, hey, they're like, and I looked up and I saw a cross, and the first time I heard the Holy Spirit it was like, hey, my son bled so that you don't have to, and I was like so you're alive okay like you know like the first time you hear the holy spirit you're like oh you're real like okay this this is wild so from that point on like never had like a suicidal thought never had um an, an attempt to try and kill myself again because literally like in the in that moment like i felt like that was just like ripped out of my heart and i was just like oh this is this is what freedom feels like however um the porn kind of followed me and this is where I want to get super vulnerable. Um, so, um, because some people think it's like, okay, as soon as, like, as soon as Pastor Michael got saved, as soon as Paul got saved, they never did anything again. Dude, like, I was addicted to pornography even after having this radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was addicted to pornography, like, like never in our marriage, but, like, literally leading up to our engagement, like, as a 22 year old man, I'm, I'm still watching, like I'm here. Like I was here at 18 and for years while I was here, like even in this, not saying I watch porn in this building, but I'm just saying like, we're like, this isn't so far removed. Um, thankfully the Holy Spirit is kind and has kept me. And you know, I haven't delved into that for a hot minute now, which is great. Um, but I, like I can remember just like being tormented with this and, and, and just like living this double life. You don't have to raise your hand, but you know, like we all know that double life, like on Sunday. Yeah. On Wednesday. Yeah. And Thursday it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Like it, it's not, you're, you're not, here's what I'm saying. You're not unique in that. Okay. Um, here's, here's what I want to get to you about this is for so long I lived from week to week. And if I went seven days without watching porn, I was like, hey, let, I can really lead on Sunday. Like, I, like, I wouldn't tell Miss Jay this, but I was like, hey, give me a song. Like, I can really lead. Like, let me, let me lead worship on that. But if I would watch porn on Thursday, I'd be, I'd be kind of timid and kind of pull back, you know? Because I'm living with this concept that I screwed up Therefore, I can't do what I'm called to do because my justification, my righteousness, my right standing with God is based on if I watch porn or not that week. Okay? And we all, I'm not saying we all live there, but it's so easy to live there. Even after you get saved, after you have this head-on collision with the Holy Spirit, and I'm not saying that like, hey, you're, you're, keep doing it. No, like you need to cut, cut it out of your life. But what I'm saying is that doesn't unjustify you, right? This doesn't stop you from fulfilling everything that the Lord has before you. Now, will it compromise your anointing? Yes. Will it maybe make you less effective? Yes, because in your own head, you're cutting yourself off, right? for dramatic effect <clears throat> but here's what I'm saying is every it can be so easy to look at people and like I said I'm not esteeming myself up here but I'm just saying I'm putting myself back in your position I remember looking at Josh Butcher and being like I can't talk to him about anything because he probably has never done any of this stuff I'm just like dude like I've been there I know i I know what you're doing. Like, and you know what? No stones. 
because that doesn't unjustify you. And if the father isn't going to be far removed from you because of what you've done, who are we to say that we can do that too and be standoffish? And I'm not even talking like me to you. I'm just talking like you to other people. Like who are we to think that we are more righteous than the father to be like, I need space from you because you might taint who I am because you're not saved. No one has the power to do that. Like it's, it's not like, it's not like venom at like on Spider-Man, like it got on me and it like (laughs) goes all over you. That's, that's, that's not it. Like it, 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 it's like a wet seal. It just kind of rolls off. So all of that to say, it's not your works that justify you. It's not your works that bring you into righteousness. It's your faith and belief in the finished work of Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. Okay. So that's why I'm saying it's a simple concept, but we overcomplicate it over and over again. So, uh, the enemy will say, if you mess up, if you miss the mark that you need to waller in self pity and shame for a little bit until you read your Bible enough times for that sting to be kind of removed. And then you can go to God and with boldness, but the father literally says, Hey, you could go watch porn. And then two minutes later, come boldly to the throne of righteousness instantaneously. Like that's the kind of access that we have. And it's not because you did a good thing. It's because Jesus made a way because in the old way of living, it was impossible to come to the throne of righteousness. But Jesus came and made a way so that no man could boast and say, I did more things than you. Let me up to the front of the line. Everyone is equal standing and has the same opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace. And the grace of God pushes back sin. So you don't have to get your sin out of the way before you come to grace. What happens is I believe what Jesus did was enough for me to come to God. And then as I'm coming to God, his grace pushes back the sin. You don't, you don't stop your sinning. Now, yes, you need to walk in um, restraint and, and um, love, joy, peace, and kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, self-control. But that's a fruit of the Spirit. This isn't something that you conjure up. This is a fruit of being close to the Father. And so as you're close to the Father, it produces in you fruit that sustains you. Okay? So you don't have to get it all together before you come to the throne. So that's all I'm saying. In your mess, in your crap, in your junk, understand that you're justified right then and there. And you have every access to come before the Father, and it's his job to eradicate your sin from you. That's his job. It's not yours. It's never your job. You're not that important. Sorry. You don't have the ability to do it. Okay? So, Jesus, thank you for everything that you've done that made a way for us to come and be justified. I pray that we would live with the understanding that it's by your works, by your finished work, and by nothing we can do. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it like we sing all the time, and there's nothing we can do that can unearn it or undeserve it from us. Give us wisdom to walk in that. Give us uh, discernment. Dear Lord, Holy Spirit, give us discernment. Um, so that we make our life a really cool resting place for the dove. In Jesus' name. Let's do some giveaways. All right. We'll do phones first. Oh, uh, oh, I need this. Oh, we need more note cards next time? All right, I'll print some more. Um, All right. Okay. Whose is this? It's mine. No way. Great job. Come here. Well done. Okay. First time guests. 
Is that? Isaiah? Did he? Hate that for him. <laughs> All right. Aiden. Did he go home too? So, Chloe, where you at? Here you go. $5 McDonald's gift card. All right, and Sunday's drawing. I did. Wait, I didn't. Wait, wait. Oh, they're in my car. Finn! Yeah! All right, before we get out of here, oh my gosh, I just want to put a bug in your ear. Um, uh, sometime in June, say June. June. We're going to go to Six Flags again. Okay. So be ready for that. Start saving up. I don't know how much it's going to be. We're going to rent a bus and go all down there as one. It's going to be great. Um, what? Yeah, I know, but it doesn't work. Um, okay. See you guys later. <laughs> Um, if you if you took notes, show them to Andy on your way out and get a free Jolly Rancher. Play some music. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox. 